You're listening to My HR Buzz, brought to you by My HR Concierge. Hosted by Chris Cooley, we'll bring you various topics and guests to shed light on the often confusing world of HR and also employee screening. We'll be putting the human in human resources. I want to thank you for joining us today on My HR Buzz podcast. And I do want to remind you that you can find our podcast on iTunes and all those typical places that you find your favorite podcasts. And we do encourage you to hit that subscribe button. That way you can always keep up with the most up-to-date information. And today we wanted to talk about the OSHA COVID-19 vaccination and testing emergency temporary standard. Uh, As you probably know, um, that was issued on uh, November the 4th to become effective November the 5th. And um, I know there's been a lot of emails out. It's, 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 it's obviously the big news of the day. And so what we wanted to do is I wanted to provide a, an overview of what's going on. What are those high points, those major points related to uh, that ETS? Um, and then also as we go and as this evolves, you know, always um, go back to our blog, which you can find at myhrbuzz.com. And we'll have information going multiple times a day, posting information on different aspects of the ETS, uh, the more we learn about it. Um, As I mentioned, uh, the ETS becomes effective November the 5th. And this is different. I know there's there's several things going on as far as mandatory vaccinations and face coverings and those things, right? So there was one that came out related to the federal workers or those that were federal contractors. This is separate from that. What this does is this relates to companies that have 100 or more employees. So for all groups that have 100 or more employees, that's where this relates, right? So, you know, in a lot of you know familiar industries, banking, um, you know, restaurants, hotels, grocery chains, uh, all of those that that aren't, you know, don't they don't have to be a federal contractor. They just have to have more than 100 employees. So what this ETS says is essentially it's going to require um, either vaccination from by employees or it's going to require uh, weekly testing with some exceptions uh, and face coverings. Okay, so uh, the way this is going to work is if you have an unvaccinated employee uh, and you do have the ability to um, you know, to talk to them uh, and, and get that information from them. Um, so if they have an unvaccinated employee, uh, then on, de- on December the 5th, they have to start um, wearing a face covering, okay? So they have to wear a face mask. And then what will happen is on January 4th, uh, they have to start weekly testing, COVID testing. Um, now, as far as documentation, uh, if, if they're vaccinated, um, they don't have to do the face coverings or the uh, or the um, the testing. Uh, so, as I mentioned, you can ask for the documentation of the vaccination. Um, you've probably seen the vaccination passports, uh, those kind of things. You can certainly get those and and, and utilize that. Now, the question is, what's going to happen if you know what I, I lost my vac- vaccination passport? I really don't have anything. Um, well, there are some some. Um, some things they can provide as well. So they can do, they can attest that they, you know, they have, um, that they've taken the, uh, the vaccination. They can attest that, you know, maybe they lost their paperwork. Um, you also do want to have some, some certifi- certain certification language, basically saying that, 
you know, they are certifying uh, that they did take it, that they lost the paperwork and so forth. And also, you know, one thing that's going to be big as it relates to that is if they provide faulty information uh, on that uh, certification, um, they didn't get their vaccine, they're saying they did, uh, there can be criminal liability for that. So everybody needs to know that as well. Uh, so they do have, um, you know, reason to be truthful with that. And so, uh, so again, there, there is some things that they can do if they have lost their paperwork that they can certainly um, um, provide some certification or attestation uh, stating that they have, um, you know, had that vaccination. Now, so then the question is, is, is right. So the, those that are vaccinated, that's easy. Uh, but these, but the, but those that are not vaccinated, um, wh what do we do? How does this testing work? Uh, and 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 what if they decide they want to get vaccinated? So, um, you know, from a from a company perspective, um, for those that are getting vaccinated, um, you are required to provide up to four hours paid uh, paid time off for each shot. Okay, so if they go and they go take their shot. Um, you can, on that first shot, you give them four, up to four hours, uh, second shot up to four hours. That is time for them to, you know, go, go take the shot. They have to sit in the clinic, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then also, you know, what we also have found in relation to that vaccination, um, there are, um, there can be side effects, right? And so if there are side effects, uh, they can take, uh, you know, if you offer paid sick leave, they can take paid sick leave uh, for that. Um, if you don't have paid sick leave, but you have more of an all-inclusive option, such as paid time off, that kind of covers everything, they can take that as well. Um, one thing that they cannot do, though, is they can't drive that balance negative, uh, recovering from these side effects. So, for instance, if they have, if, if they have these side effects um, and they're out for, two days, but they only have one day left of paid sick leave, they can't drive that negative, right? So you can't take, make them take 16 hours and have a negative balance. Um, so there are some protections there as well. Uh, and then also what you can do is you can set a cap on the time that you're going to allow them, uh, you know, that you're going to offer paid sick leave for, uh, for uh, those side effects, for them recovering from those side effects. And that cap, um, you know, we can talk about that. And we'll have some information on that. It, it just has to be reasonable um, as it relates. So if, if someone looks at that, if you're ever audited, it has to be a reasonable amount of time. Uh, what I would do is always kind of rely back to the CDC and see what their recommendations are uh, and rely on that. Um, also, so in addition to this, so we've, um, um, so you have to comply um, you've, you know, you're starting to get your doc, your documentation. We've talked about the documentation for the vaccination, uh, determine if they're going to have to test and wear face mask coverings. Um, also what happens if, uh, you know, if they get their vaccination, how we have to, um, provide that paid sick leave. Um, but also what you're uh, required to do is you are required to provide them information related to this, um, ETS. So, uh, you know, you are going to require to have a, a a vaccination policy, um, you're going to have to be required to provide them some information, some educational information on um, the vaccination, uh, those kind of things. And, you know, always, as I mentioned, look at our blog, we're going to have all that information on there. 
so we can keep you up to date with that as well. It's a great time to ensure that your business is protected from new policies and regulations by updating your employee handbook. By updating or amending your business's employee handbook, you can protect your business from major legal risk. My HR concierge can review your handbook or create a new one, ensuring that you maintain proper compliance. Their new ongoing handbook monitoring service will even keep you compliant year after year. Visit www.myhrconcierge today. So this ETS, uh, it's going to last um, six months, uh, but it can be extended, right? So at the end of that six months, it could be that they say, well, you know, this is uh, this situation or scenario is still in place. Therefore, what we're going to do is we're going to extend it another six months. Um, so it, even though this is theoretically a six-month deal, uh, it could be extended. Also, what, what OSHA is attempting to do is use this emergency temporary standard as a basically a platform to create a permanent rule. And so with that, uh, they, are, they do have a 30-day comment period going on right now, um, starting from November the 5th, uh, where you can comment on this rule. I, I, it won't really affect the, this uh, emergency temporary rule. But what it will do is you can provide comments to say, hey, these are things, this is how it affects me as a business owner um, or, uh, you know, and, and, and you can make those comments during this comment period as they're looking at making a permanent rule. Okay. Now, the other thing that they're doing that, that you need to be cognizant of is I know there's a lot of people out there that are going, well, this is only for those groups over 100. It doesn't affect me as part of that process and then looking at these rules they're also looking at lowering that threshold below 100 employees. So it could be that they roll this, this, this um, ETS or this program out to groups that are smaller than 100 or one that looks very similar. So if you're under 100, don't just um, not pay attention to this. Make sure you keep in the loop because it could be at some point in the future this does relate to you. So you want to be thinking about it as well. Now, one of the big questions is what constitutes an employee in this count? Because the biggest thing for most employers is, is do I have to comply with this? Um, again, today, this ETS only relates to businesses that are over 100 employees. Um, they are looking to lower that, but they have not yet. So this only relates to those employers. So how do you count those employees? Essentially, it's anybody that is an employee of your company. And that means if you have multiple locations, you have to add all the locations up. Uh, if you have full-time and part-time employees, it includes all of those employees. Um, now, those employees, uh, what, I, what I will say is that's also not a full-time equivalent when you look at the part-times. A lot of times in a lot of rules, what they'll say is it's a full-time equivalent. So two half-time employees equals one in full-time employee. In this rule, everybody counts the same. So that person that works eight hours is the same count as that person that works four hours. So it's all of those. Um, the other thing that can get really kind of kind of weird for some employers is maybe they fluctuate because maybe it's, you know, they have more employees in the summer, more in the winter, whatever that may be. Or it may just be that, you know what, they're right in that 100 employee line and they kind of fluctuate day to day depending on who's coming and going. So 
when you have those, essentially what they've said is if you have 100 employees on November the 5th, 2021, you must comply for the duration of this, of this uh, ETS, okay? So if you have 100 on November the 5th and you drop to 95 on December the 1st, doesn't matter. You still have to comply. Um, if you are below 100 on November the 5th, you don't have to comply. But at some point while this ETS is um, in effect, if you go over 100, then you have to start complying with the ETS, okay? So that's kind of how it works for those that are fluctuating within this count. Um, we talked a little bit about the vaccination and the face coverings. Um, I do want to say that there are some exclusions for that. Um, and and, and, and it, it makes sense, right? So if you're a remote worker and you work outside the office, you're, you're never around your coworkers, you're never around your customers, your vendors, you're truly just working at home every day. Um, those are counted in the 100, but they, you, they're not going to fall under the testing and the face covering. Uh, same thing for those workers. If, if someone works solely outdoors, based, which means they're working outdoors all day, they're not in the office, um, they're not in the truck with other employees, they're not in the car with other employees, they truly are working uh, on their own and they're working outdoors, uh, they, can be, they are excluded as well from the testing and the face coverings but they're still encountered in the, in the 100 employee count. So just kind of wanted to throw that out there. That's one of the kind of those, uh, those things that, that, that those exclusions that they have as far as who has to be vaccinated. I'm sorry, who has to be tested. Uh, so, you know, at a, at a very high level, that's where we are. Um, and uh, there are, as you can imagine, the devil's always in the details. Again, check our, po check our blog out, um, myhrbuzz.com. Um, we'll always have updated information that we're putting out there. Um, so the question is, what should you as an employer do uh, now? So we've got the CTS that came out November the 5th. When do we have to start complying? When does all this kind of really go into effect? And so essentially uh, what they've said is um, you have to start complying in 30 days, right? So 30 days from November the 5th, that's when most of this takes effect. Um, you, you have to have your, your vaccination policy out. You have to uh, ha determine all your vaccination statuses of your employees. All those different things, um, you pretty much have 30 days. The only um, exception to that is for, your, for, for those who are not fully vaccinated, uh, they don't have to start the weekly testing until July, I'm sorry, until January the 4th. Um, so, uh, which is 60 days from November the 5th. So that's, um, so everything's kind of that 30 day window. So what we really, what you really need to do is let's start um, one, determine if you have to comply specifically, if you're kind of fluctuating around that hundred employee range, um, you want to start developing that, that vaccination policy. Uh, you want to start thinking about how you're going to distribute that. You want to start looking at providing um um, the required communications that you're going to have, the policy, you're going to have to tell them about uh, some other things as well as it relates to um, um, uh, the criminal aspect, if they are providing incorrect information or, or wrong information. Um, you want to start looking at 
you know, you're going to have to do testing. How are you going to do that? Are you going to pay for it? Are you not going to pay for it? Um, where are they going to do the testing? Uh, even if you're not paying for it, you, you kind of need to find a, pl a, a place for them to get the testing. Um, and there are some rules there where, where um, you can use over-the-counter tests, uh, but if you do that, they do have to be proctored. Uh, so you got to start thinking if you're going to use over-the-counter tests, who's going to proctor those, um, those kind of things. And from a risk perspective, is that something you really want to do? Or would you rather have a third party perform those for you? Um, face coverings, how are you going to source those? Uh, are you going to provide those? Are you going to have the employees provide those? You, you really want to start thinking through those things and really understanding from an employer perspective how you're going to how you're going to handle those uh, and then start that process to make sure that whatever needs to be done in that 30 day period gets done. Um, the other thing to this, uh, one thing that we saw is specifically back when the Affordable Care Act came out is everybody made the made the statement. It'll never pass. It'll never happen. I'm not going to comply. I don't have to worry about it. Well, what we found out was, yeah, it did go into effect. And yeah, you did have to comply. And yeah, you did get penalized if you didn't. So this, this ETS, there are going to be lawsuits coming from all over to get an injunction to where this does not go into effect. We know that. Um, I'm not an attorney, so I can't say whether that's likely or unlikely. What I will say is it's smart to go ahead and get ready in case it does go into effect. Uh, don't rely on the assumption that a lawsuit is going to come in at the last minute and basically take this away and you don't have to worry about it. Be ready. Don't, don't get caught. We had so many, you know, we talked to so many business owners that got caught that were paying huge bills um, because in prior in prior rulings or prior uh, laws such as the ACA, they just said it would never go into effect and they ended up paying the price for that. So don't you guys do, the, do that. Now, again, um, watch our blog, myhrbuzz.com. We're also going to have some more podcasts that, that do deeper dives into this information. I wanted to give you a quick overview today just because it, it came out today and I know it's, on, it's, a, it's a huge news item. Uh, but watch our blogs. We'll have some information on the, on the different time frames, the different requirements and those kind of things as well. And again, that's myhrbuzz.com. Um, we do appreciate you, um, you know, uh, listen to the podcast today. If you need help, um, you know, let us know. We definitely um, have different services and solutions that uh, where we can certainly help you through this. Um, we've helped a lot of a lot of clients through um, through a lot of these different uh different regulations that pop up. So if you need help, let us know. We definitely have solutions for you. Um, if you do have, um, uh, you know, questions um, or, or would like to look at a service, you know, definitely reach out. My number is 855-538-6947. And my extension is 108. Uh, or you can email us at podcast at myhrbuzz.com. Again, I appreciate you listening today. Um, watch those podcasts hit that subscribe button because we'll have a, a lot of information that's coming out. Um, and again, until I talk to you next time, thank you.